This is uh, my kitchen table. It's not a prop. This is, this is our actual kitchen table. I brought it up here yesterday afternoon, so our whole family ate cereal on the floor this morning. Kids were a little bitter about that, but uh, got it up here. You know, when I get home every day, like probably most of you in here, I'm, I'm usually kind of heading toward the kitchen table. And I usually try to take a, you know, a stop real quick wherever my wife happens to be in the house that morning or that afternoon and give her an eight-second kiss. Uh, you need to kiss for eight seconds, by the way, when you get home or when you leave. If it's not eight seconds, it doesn't count. After eight seconds, it's a whole other event. That's another sermon topic. And uh, so this is just when you get home, eight seconds. But after, after I give her a kiss, then uh, as I said, that's another sermon, so calm down. Uh, I had to, this spot right here, this exact corner in our kitchen table. Now, you don't know where this is in my house. Well, it's in the kitchen. But, but this corner right here, and, and I sit down and I usually start to go through the mail. Does this sound familiar? It's a lot of what a lot of us do. And I'll bet for a lot of you, the mail lands on the kitchen table. And you start to go through that and there's junk and stuff. I, I only end up with the bills. Are there those, you don't get any mail but stuff that you, you, know, you owe them a thank you letter for something. And, uh, you know, I go through the, the bills here, at, at usually sitting in this chair at this exact spot. Now, if your house is like mine, you know, going through bills is not, not generally the most exciting part of the day. And, and sometimes it generates not the most exciting conversations. And, well, sometimes they are exciting, but not necessarily positive. You know, well, what is this? When did we do this? How did this happen? Well, what are we going to do with this? You know, the kitchen table has a lot of conversations, doesn't it? A lot of decisions, a lot of conversations. Not all of them bad. A lot of them are good, I hope, at your home. And you sit at the kitchen table and you, you talk about what you're going to do for vacation. Maybe you talk about whether you can afford or you can get a, a new car. You, you sit at your kitchen table. We were sitting at this table around here. Karen sits down there and uh, let's see, it's Colin and Mary Beth and then Amy and Randy. So this is the comedy side and this is the serious side. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, we sat right here at this table. This is where we discussed our, our family budget, what we were going to do with the building commitment. You know, we made that decision right here at this table. A lot of decisions are made at the kitchen table. What are we going to do? You know, since January 1st, I think if I've heard this correctly now, since January 1st, 5,000 people in the Richmond area have been laid off. And think about it, that's five thousand kitchen tables that are having some anxious conversations right now aren't they five thousand kitchen tables where they're kind of going man what what's happening what are we what are we going to do how are we going to work through this and of course most of us have have not experienced that yet but still with the economy and such like it is it, it it's an anxious time and so that, that's kind of what some of the conversations, some of the decisions going on around the kitchen table. And would you believe, man, I can't believe I'm getting ready to say this. Into this economy, your church is presenting to you today a $3.385 million budget. That, that's a 15.8% increase over last year. Man, what, what is that number even mean. You know, have you noticed lately that numbers are losing their meaning? 
You know, when you hear 80 billion and 800 billion and 400 billion and 3.4 trillion, I mean, you can't get your arms around any of these numbers. These numbers don't mean anything. Now, I'm not suggesting that a, a three, almost 3.4 million is the same as those kinds of numbers, but you know what? In context, in context, it really is kind of numbing. You know, most of you in here, if you've come here from another church, whether you joined 10 weeks ago or 10 years ago, you came from a church budget that was probably somewhere between 150000 and, and, and maybe a little bit larger church, maybe it was up to half a million dollars. And so if all you've ever seen in your life is, a, is an annual church budget of $287,000, well, to hear $3.4 sounds about as off the wall as, as the things we hear from the government, doesn't it? But how in the world did we get here? You know, just six years ago, our budget was about $1.5 million. But in that time, we've gone from a staff of seven to a staff of 21. We've gone from a 50,000 square foot building with significant portions of it failing and a million and a half dollar debt to an 80,000 square foot building that's brand new with a $14 million debt. <laughs> of course, you know what? During that same period of time, our programming and our ministries and the people we're reaching have grown by 150%. So while our budget has really, really grown, percentage-wise, it's not grown more than the people or the ministries that we're involved in. Let me say that again, especially if you've been here, if you've been a member here four or five years or more, do you realize in the last six years, our fellowship has grown by 150%. Not, not many churches have either that opportunity or have that challenge. Now, now what's in our church budget? You know, I've, I've noticed that reading the news. The more you learn about what's in it, it doesn't usually make you feel any better, does it? I mean, if anything, it makes you angry. You know, well, you learn what's in these things. Is that, is that the same for a church budget? I mean, it's, easier to, it's easy to think that the, the bigger the budget gets, probably the more waste that is in there. What's in, a, in, our, in our church budget? You're going to get that, by the way, on the way out today. We've got a, a, a handout for you like this. The front page is a narrative, and then you open it up, and you see the breakdown of the budget, the different pieces, an explanation of what those things are, and you turn to the back, and you see a little bit of an analysis. I think it's a very uh, communicative piece. I think you'll understand a lot about our budget when you get it. When you look through here, you'll discover that, that 44.5% of our budget is personnel. Seems like a big number, doesn't it? 44.5% is personnel. Of course, personnel is your pastoral staff, your secretarial staff, your facility staff. Those are full-time positions. And we have a part-time facility staff. We have part-time nursery workers. We have quite a few more part-time nursery workers than the average church uh, probably has to deal with. And we have something in our budget that very, very few churches ever have to budget in their personnel. We have police officers. Those police officers out there that help us at the light each Sunday morning. That's a part of our personnel. So we have quite a few things in personnel that the average church doesn't have to put in there. And I say that because when you hear that number, 44.5%, what does that mean? Well, there is a context to that. The average 
church across America is over 50%. The average Southern Baptist church average. Now, this is not a made up number. This is not something I'm pulling off the top of my head. This is a fact. Last year, the reported average of personnel to total budget in Southern Baptist churches was 47%. So we're two and a half percent below the national average. So whatever makes up a large budget here is not because of something that is being done unduly in the area of personnel. We've got some things in our budget that are, yeah, they're not so fun. When you're doing these things, you don't feel like you're winning people to the Lord or changing the world, like paying for gas and electricity. You've got to do that in your home too, don't you? I bet our budget's a tad bigger than yours. Our budget for gas and electricity this coming year will be $177,000 for gas and electricity is our budget. Our budget for postage, $25,000. We got a budget, a little item, it's not a big item, $8,500. That's what we pay for an audit. Some churches do this, some don't. We get an, uh, an, an outside accounting firm, an independent accounting firm, to come in and do an audit uh, of, of everything in our finances, from our receipts to payables to our business processes to our security to the software systems we use. They do a complete audit of everything we do. And we've never gotten anything but the highest grades and marks back from those reports. So we do pay a little bit of money to make sure that the big amount of money is being rightly watched over, taken care of, and good business practices are being applied to that. So you got things like that in the budget. There aren't a lot of fun, but they're a part of it. Then we do have things that are a little bit more fun. Things that you do feel like, hey, man, when we're doing this, we're making a difference in the world. Our cooperative program giving. If you're Southern Baptist, if you've grown up that way, been there long, you understand what that word is. That's where Southern Baptists pool their resources to do primarily missions. Uh, our church gives $160,000 a year to the cooperative program. This is paying for missionaries and mission work throughout the state of Virginia, the United States, and around the world. Those kinds of things you feel like, man, now we are impacting the world when we do that. We, we've got things in our budget like our, uh, well, our children and our youth. Our youth budget this year is almost $40,000, like $39,900. Almost $40,000. A lot of that, of course, pays for week-to-week -week activities, literature, curriculum, the different things we use to minister to them. Big part of that money is supplementing and helping things like our retreats and this year our, our mission trip. You know, if you're a parent, you're probably thinking, man, it's expensive to be a part of the youth group here. Hey, listen, you're barking up the wrong tree. I got three kids in the youth right now. In four months, I'll have four kids in the youth. You tell me about expensive. Uh, I'm writing Jerry checks all the time. But you know, as expensive as it can be to do some of these retreats or these mission trips, that's not the full price you're ever paying for. We supplement that. We want to make that as doable as possible for the average family because this is a big part of how we disciple and train our kids, how we want to give them a vision for the world in what we're doing. So we got about 40000 for our youth. For our children, uh, about 55000 is for our children's ministry. And here again, weekly events and, and materials are a big part of that. A couple of big ticket items with our children. Our uh, fall festival. I uh, hope a lot of you, if, even if you didn't come to it, you need to drive by the church when we're doing fall festival. It looks like Disney World out here. 
uh, when you drive by. It costs $12,000 to look like Disney World. That's what's budgeted for the fall festival this year. But folks, that's a way we, we serve our community. That, that's a way that uh, we have a chance to bless them. And we do reach not only children, we actually reach a lot of families. It's one of our biggest evangelistic events uh, of the entire year. So we have about 12,000 put into that. But 10,000 for our Vacation Bible School. Vacation Bible School is the number one way of bringing children to the Lord. We do that each year. Last this past summer, we had over 500 involved. Uh, I would expect this year is going to be more like six or 700 kids that will be involved in Vacation Bible School. And uh, so we put a lot of budget into that. That's a big event. We've got a lot going on there. Not only that, but we take that. Uh, this past summer, uh, we went with that same budget and we went and completely did Vacation Bible School for, a, for another church. We did their entire Vacation Bible School uh, another church here in the community. Two other churches, we supplemented and helped them do uh, their vacation Bible school. So folks, your general budget is serving and blessing other churches. Along with that, missions. We have a, a missions budget. I'll make a quick announcement here. In September, you're going to see our first annual, not, not first and only, but first annual missions conference this September. We'll be raising a separate missions budget for that, but out of our present missions budget, we do things like our, our Crestos events, the Gas Buy Down, our Harding Street Community Center, uh, the Christmas party we do down there in Petersburg each week, each uh, Christmas. Uh, we paid for, we did the National Police Memorial Week. Um, a lot of you remember that. I know the choir was real involved in that. Um, at the end of that, they paid us for the use of the building and, and we provided all the food and everything. Uh, I hope you all don't mind. I gave them their check back. I said that's the way we want to serve this, this community and we want to serve uh, our officers. So see folks, your general budget is used to serve and to minister not only churches, but people and institutions like our schools, our officers, and different community things. And folks, when you go out there, what we try to do with that is when you go out into, the, into your community and your workplace and you say, well, I'm, I go to Colonial Heights Baptist and hopefully you're witnessing to them or inviting them to join you. Hopefully when you say that name, Colonial Heights Baptist, you've got a positive response. Or there's a positive word out there on the street, if you will, about God and what He's doing here at Colonial Heights Baptist. Folks, it's work and a budget that did that. A lot of these things go into into making that up. A lot of things there in our budget. Oh yeah, there's one other little item. The mortgage payment. Do y'all have one of those in your family budget? You know, well as a family here, our mortgage payment is $928,000 a year. Kind of makes you swallow, doesn't it? But look at what God's done. What He's provided and what we're getting to do with what He's given us here. You know, folks, I want to I make a comment. This is going to sound a little off the wall because for a lot of us, this seems like a big church. It's maybe the biggest church we've ever been in. But if you'll travel back with me two, three years, because uh, it was only about three years ago that we had less than a $2 million budget. And, and folks, to be the size church we were, to have the size budget we had, and to think that we're standing here today in a $21 million building project and we've already paid in cash over $7 million of that, 
That's pretty phenomenal for our size church. That's pretty phenomenal for our size budget. How did that happen? It happened by God and His people. And as we've seen what's unfolded this last year, there are people all over this community talking about God and what He's doing here at Colonial Heights Baptist Church. Folks, God is making a difference here. He's doing a great work here. As we talked about last week, through our giving, we get a chance to get some buy-in. You know, through our general budget, through our ministry over the last six years, we've grown from running six years ago, 800 in worship, 500 in Bible fellowship, to today running over 2,000 in worship, over 12 to 1,300 in Bible fellowship. We've grown from the cooperative program giving of, of 70,000 to 160,000. We've baptized over 600 people during that time period. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. Making, a, I think, a profound difference around our community. I believe we're just starting to grow in what we're going to be doing around the world. And let me tell you a place it's making a difference. It's making a difference at the kitchen table. What God is doing here is making a difference in where people live and make decisions and where they share as a family. Folks, I want to share something with you now. Many of you saw it just a couple of months ago. It's called Cardboard Testimonies. I remember we did that back in November where people came up and, and just on a piece of cardboard, they shared in, in just a handful of words a testimony about what God has done in their life. You're going to see very quickly about 40-something people. Now, here's the amazing thing. The people you're going to see are completely different than the 40-something people you saw back in November. This is a whole other group of folks that we're going to see what God has done, is doing in their lives by His grace and by His power. Now, now why are we showing you this today, right here and right now? Because I don't think there is a better picture of seeing what God is doing than through the lives of people. And folks, as you look at these, you remember, hey, you know what? While a budget pays for light bills and it pays for gas and it pays for a mortgage, folks, don't think for a second that our budget is about gas bills and a mortgage. Our budget is about our heart. Our budget is about our vision for God and how we want to join Him, our faith in Him, and the work we want to see Him do in this place. Our budget is about people. Our budget is about joining God in ministry. And these cardboard testimonies such a, a profound way to see what is happening in people's lives all around us that we sit in here in worship with each week. Some of these that you're going to see were not necessarily the direct result of this church and its ministry. Some of these people are going to be sharing things that happened in their lives sometimes years ago. Another church, uh, another ministry was what ministered and helped them through that time. But you see what the church is doing. You see it's the difference that it's making. Watch this and see what God is doing in your midst. You know, I said last week, I, ha I have good days and I have bad days. I have days where I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do and I have quite a few days where I'm not doing anything God wants me to do. But you know, when I use my money week in and week out to worship and serve my Lord, I'm always a part of what He's doing. Whether things are good or bad, I'm always a part 
of what God is doing in these lives. And this is the stuff that's eternal. This is what it means to use your money in a way that counts forever. Thank you guys so much for sharing with us this morning. You know, the kitchen table is a place of decision. It's a place where we discuss as a family what we're going to do. We have just such a time right now. We're a church family. It's not a normal church service. It's not one if you brought a friend with you today, you were thinking, oh gosh, this isn't what I wanted them to see. <laughs> but you know what? We're a family. Every now and then we've got to step away from what we do week in and week out. We've got to gather around the kitchen table and we've, we've got to talk about where we are, what we're doing, how things happened, where are we going from here, and we've got we've to make a decision. You know, as I said last week, money is a test. It's always been a test. From Genesis 1 to the end, it is a test in our lives. You, every one of you, doesn't matter what giving has been in your life, every one of us right now is being tested. Our church family is being tested. What are we going to do after what we've been through the last five or six years? What are we going to do in light of this economy that we're in? It's a test. But as we also said last week, it's not just that God's testing us. God has invited us to test Him. To test Him. To see how faithful and trustworthy He is. And He said, the first ten cents of every dollar belongs to me. Will you trust me with that? Will you trust me and see what I can do with the other ninety cents of every single dollar? Money is a test. What decision will you make? Will we make? You know, this week in the mail, you remember this church, you should have gotten a, a letter from me and inside of it, it had a, a commitment card. And with this card, we, we give you this. It, it kind of serves two purposes. One, it's kind of a tangible way of thinking through where I am in my finances, where my heart is, how I want to be involved, what I want to do. It's a kind of a way to pray through that and think through that. To have a, a, a tangible ability to come down and, and dedicate this to the Lord. If you've been here for a while, you know what we're about to do. If you're new, you don't. But, but we fill this out. We bring it down here. We place it on the altar. We, we dedicate it to the Lord what we want to do this year. So it's a tool for you. Many of you, I would imagine, have come with these already prepared today. To, you've already filled it out and ready to hand it in. In just a moment, there's going to be another song. And as you're prepared, you just come and drop it here at the altar. Some of you may not have come prepared with this today, but you want to be involved in it. There, you should see these in the, in the chairs in front of you. You can get one and begin to, to pray and to fill it out. So it's a tool for you. It's also a tool for us. You know, hear the comment, well, you know, I think giving is between me and the Lord. I don't know why I need to go up there and, and give that to the, to the church. Well, it, giving is between you and the Lord. And the church is the Lord's. And we're a body. We're a family. We don't do this alone. This isn't the pastor's budget. It's not the pastoral staff's budget. It's not the finance committee's budget. This is our budget. This is our heart, our vision, our ministry, it's what we are about. And we do use these cards. Now, let me tell you what we don't use these cards for. We don't use these cards to bill you. You're not going to get a letter that says, you turned in a card on March 1st saying you were going to do this. 
That is not at all what we do with these cards. We use these cards primarily not what an individual card says, but what they all together say to discover where we are in this commitment to the new budget. We use these, especially the first month or two, the first quarter, to kind of get a feel for where we are and how we're going to manage. You know, in the last six years, uh, with every budget we've presented, we've always received more than was budgeted. You hear about that a lot, but I don't know that we say this enough. To this date, at least since I've been pastor here, we have never actually spent the budget. We're presenting to you a $3.385 million. We've never actually spent the entire budget that has been approved. We've come awfully close, you know, like within a dollar seventeen. No, not that much. But we really have never actually spent the entire budget. We manage very tightly. We manage in light of what we have. And especially in these first months with the new budget, these help us to make some decisions. It shows what we all do together. So I hope you're praying and and finishing filling this out. Let me say this. If you're a guest with us today, I hope you know we have absolutely zero anticipation that, that you would be a part of this. You're a guest in our home. You happen to be here when we're gathered around the kitchen table making some decisions as a family. You know, on one hand, I'd say, please come back next week. You'll see a normal service. There's another part of me that says, you know what? I'm glad you're here today. I, I, mean, I mean, you're seeing us as a family. You're seeing how we make a decision and how we're involved. So I hope you can just sit there comfortably and, and just kind of take in what is happening and just enjoy what you're seeing in this church family. For the rest of us, you pray, you prepare, and as you're ready, you just come and lay this down at the altar. Let's pray. Lord, I know from a a story of Jesus in the New Testament that you know everything very intimately, very personally that just happened here. And Father, I pray that as you've watched our family, I pray that we have brought tears to your eyes. I pray you've seen how much we love you. How much we want to be a part of what you're doing in and through this church family and what you're doing in this world. God, I pray you see our faith. It's, Lord, it's a scary time. And Father, I pray for each one of these that has brought this commitment that you will enable and prosper them to not only fulfill this this commitment that maybe even go above and beyond. Lord, we didn't bring these as a, as a good gamble, that, that maybe if we invest this, we'll get more back. God, we're not here to get money. We're here to express our faith, our love, and our worship. We're here to be a part of what you're doing. But God, I pray that this will be an encouragement in each of our lives. Lord, I, I know there are people who've brought cards forward that they have tithed and tithed beyond for years and years and years in their life. And this is just another step of an already very faithful commitment. God, I pray you'll bless them. I pray you'll encouragement in that long-standing commitment in their lives. Father, I also know There are people who brought forward a card today that they're taking you at your word in Malachi. They're testing you. They've never done something like this. They're a little bit nervous about it. They're a little bit scared. Not sure what this means. God, I pray they'll see how good and faithful you are. God, prove your promise in your word. 
God, I pray you'll take what's here at this altar, just like that little boy who brought those few fish and loaves. And you use that to multiply and touch thousands upon thousands. God, we present this offering, this dedication to you in much the same way. And I pray you are going to use it to touch tens of thousands of people around our community and around our world to your glory and for the advancement of your kingdom. It's in the name of Jesus Christ that we bring this, that we offer it. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.